Hello, welcome to the fourth episode of Bold Identity, Bold Belief. I'm your host, Cindy Carpenter, and I'm super excited to be coming to you with the fourth episode. As you may already know, this podcast has four segments. The first segment is uh, teaching or preaching. The second segment is a review of a faith-based book, something that's really helped me along the way. The third one is what you won't hear in church. And this fourth one is through the eyes of a pastor. I'll be talking to you about things that I've learned through ministry, things that I see, my perspective as a pastor. I've been pastoring now for seven years in October, which is just a month away. And um, I've learned a lot. I don't claim to know everything, but I've seen a lot. I've seen a whole lot. I've seen a lot. So um, I'm just going to talk about it, some of the things that I've dealt with and seen, and we'll see how it goes. I hope it'll be encouraging to you. So be sure to check out our blogs also at fromtheirstandpoint.com. That's from T-H-E-I-R standpoint.com. You know, my brother's got some really controversial podcasts over there on his uh, show from my standpoint, and it's really phenomenal. So you definitely want to check that out. Okay, so through the eyes of a pastor, the first thing I want to deal with is that I'm a woman and I'm also a pastor. And I think that's like not something I thought about at all when I was going to Bible college and when I got the call of God on my life, I never stopped and said, but God, I'm a woman. Um, In fact, it never even occurred to me that the challenges that a woman pastor would face or the opposition that I would face because I'm a woman, etc., etc. So I'm going to talk about that first and just kind of get that out of the way because that's going to help a lot, I guess, for a lot of people. Um, Can women uh, preach the gospel? Can we be pastors? Absolutely we can. If you look, the very first evangelist in the New Testament is like the woman at the well. She's like, Jesus, she encounters Jesus and Jesus talks to her and she runs back into the village and she tells everybody, come and see a man that told me everything that I've ever done. And basically, come and see the Messiah is what she's trying to tell them to do. And so they come out and they see him and they, you know, she's the first evangelist and it's a woman. There's a lot of powerful women in the Bible, Um, good women and bad women. It's amazing, but there are a lot of powerful ones. There's good guys in there and bad guys in there too. So I want to look at specifically the scripture in 1st Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12 and I think it's important because this specific verse says in the King James Version I think that's the version I'm in here let me just make sure yeah King James Bible I guess I'm using biblehub.com it's a great resource for you but this one says In verse 12, But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. This word, uh, woman, here, 
actually has 15 occurrences in the New Testament, and most often it is translated, if you look at the Greek, it is translated um, wife, actually, not just woman. It actually is wife. Uh, the word, I cannot pronounce it, I'm sorry for that, but it's, uh, the English spelling would be G-Y-N-A-I-K-I, and um, it shows that there's uh, 15 occurrences of it, and then some, you know, most of those are wife. Um, so it's talking about, you know, let a woman not teach, let a wife not teach. I don't permit her to use her authority over her husband. We already know that. We know that women, that wives are supposed to be submitted to their own husband, not to any husband, just to their own husband. If you'll, if you'll learn that, that'll set some people free. But just because she's a woman doesn't mean she has to submit to you because you're a man. And just because she's a wife doesn't mean she has to submit to you if she's not, if you're not her husband, but women are only supposed to submit to their own husbands, in, and not supposed to usurp their authority over that. Okay, so that is out of the way, and then look over at Galatians chapter three, also in verse twenty-eight, and it says, "There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free." nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So again here, as a new creature, there's not male or female, but we're all one in Christ Jesus. And no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free, no male, no female. And that pretty much covers it. I mean... We could go through more and more and just look at all the women that were used in the Bible to preach, to support ministry, to evangelize, to, you know, the prophetesses and to prophesy over people. You know, God is not opposed, opposed to using women, okay? Women are some of God's most powerful supporters, and, and you know, men are great too. I'm not saying they're not, but... I'm a woman, and I'm a pastor, and I had a guest speaker come in, and uh, he actually talked to me more about it than um, anyone else at that at that time. I'd had people, I'd had congregation members and stuff say, oh, you know, women shouldn't preach, and I had girls come and say, you know, I really want to come to your church, but my husband just, he doesn't believe that women should be pastors, and you know, that kind of thing, and so it is what it is, so it holds a lot of people back, but it doesn't hold me back, praise God. Um, anyway, so this guest minister said, you're not a woman pastor, you're a pastor that happens to be a woman, and I, you know, I never really had thought about it like that before, but um, it never had bothered me to be a woman pastor either, but I like the way he said it. I'm a pastor that happens to be a woman. That helps a lot, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, you know, I think it takes a very strong and secure man to be able to have a woman pastor and to be able to listen to her and to be able to take her advice. 
and I think it's I really think it takes a strong man um, you know it's easy for a man to submit to another man because you know they've got the whole man thing going on over there and um, but for a man to I mean gosh if he's gonna submit to a woman as a pastor he's really got to humble himself that's for sure you know and I've had many encounters with people who are they just have a hard time listening to a woman because they just either they don't respect women um, you know I found a lot of times if men have been in pornography for any amount of time those are the ones that are the worst for disrespecting women and disrespecting a woman pastor or a pastor that happens to be a woman um, really hard for them to listen to a woman, value her words, and let. And, and these are life-giving words. I mean, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm I'm setting people free. We're opening blind eyes. We're, you know, opening deaf ears. We're helping people. Cancer's leaving. God is using me miraculously and amazingly, and many other men and women in the church. It's amazing what God is doing. But um, then there are those that just, they can't, they can't bring themselves to humble themselves enough to submit to a woman. And most of the time it's because they've had issues with pornography or multiple sex partners where they just see women as sex objects and that's all. Um, even if they don't do that anymore, sometimes you can, sometimes that comes across in their, um, like how they talk to you they don't listen to your advice I mean I've, I've had people I could tell them exactly what's right and just because I'm a woman they won't listen and they'll just go the opposite direction and it's really sad um, but it is what it is and then I had I had this one person in the church a long time ago and uh, I met with them once a week with their, you know, it was a couple, and I met with them once a week, and every week was a battle. Like, I mean, here was Sunday church, and it was great, and then we met during the week, and it wasn't that I was necessarily trying to bring a correction to them, but trying to get to know them, trying to support them where they were, trying to help them figure out what their ministry was, that kind of thing, and there were a few doctrinal issues that, you know, maybe they didn't agree with me on or didn't really know whether they agreed with me or not. They just didn't know enough, and um, they really didn't. They really didn't respect me at all, and so it became such a fight week after week. I finally started praying, and I just said, "God, I need help. I need." I need you to either, you know, I don't know. I just started praying, God, I need you to remove them. And I don't want to remove them from the church. I don't want to kick anyone out. Um, but I do want to, I want to deal with it. I want them to be somewhere where they can receive from the person that is supposed to be pastoring them. So one time they came in and <laughs> he said, oh, you know, we're so sorry to tell you this, but God is calling us to 
a different ministry. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and this was after I had, you know, several weeks gone by of all this stuff. And, you know, then I started talking and just miraculously as I was talking and saying the exact same thing that I had been saying week after week after week, miraculously, they understood it. And sadly, I mean, they had already told me they were leaving. And um, then I, I had a, a co-pastor at the time and I talked to the co-pastor about it and the co-pastor said, you know, cause the person said, hey, we wanna, we wanna stay now. And the co-pastor said, absolutely not. And um, I just upheld that decision because it was rough, you know. Anyways, that's just one example of a person, I can't, I'm not gonna tell you names or anything like that, that's not cool. But I hope you can learn from this example. I'm just using this example because I want you to learn from it. There's a lot of guys out there that just, they just do not respect women. And you know, I'm not, I'm not a pushy woman. I'm not gonna, well, <laughs> some people might think I am, but when it really, when it comes down to it, I'm not gonna force somebody to listen to me. I'm not gonna force them to do what they know is right to do. Because the truth is, and I've said this to many people, hey, God could shake this whole earth in like less than a second. Everyone would know that there is a God and that he's him. And that's it, right? But God chooses not to do that, even though he has the power to do it. And if he has the power to do it and chooses not to, here I am, I do not have the power to do that. I don't have the power to make somebody do anything, right? They just have to decide to do it or not do it. So why would I even try? Why would I even be involved in that stuff, right? So I'm not. Anyway, that's kind of, you know, a freebie, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to call that. But anyways, um, it's really important for people to respect their pastor. I'm not just saying that because I am a pastor, okay? But I've learned a lot of those things where, like, I was always a churchgoer. I knew that going to church was important. I knew that tithing was important. I knew that respecting the pastor was important. Like I knew a lot of principles because of my upbringing and because of all the time I've spent in the word and um, get to be a pastor and all of a sudden people are like, most people don't know these principles. Um, I think that's another subject for another time anyway, but um, what else shall we deal with today? through the eyes of a pastor. I'm a woman that happens to be a pastor. So, um, you know, besides the fact that a lot of people avoid the church just because I'm a woman, and then other people that do come because, you know, they're curious, they want to check it out, and they leave. Um, and then the men, of course, who don't respect a woman pastor, I really think it takes a strong man I think it takes a humble man to have a woman pastor, and I really appreciate the men in our church. I mean, they are top-notch, amazing. Um, it's been rough, though, you know? It's been, it's been a lot of lessons learned. There's still, you know, sometimes there's still ones that don't respect me or 
they just, they, and a lot of times, I guess wanted to say this too, uh, people don't understand the studying that I have done in order to be where I am today. Like, I have been reading the Bible since I was a very little kid, and I just have always had a love for the Word of God. I've read through the Bible several times when I was young, many, many times over now that I'm an adult, and it's just something that I will not stop reading. You know, um, when I was in, I don't even remember how old I was, I'd have to ask my mom, but I was younger, probably a teenager, and my dad and I would always play Bible trivia, and I, we would use the kids' cards, of course, and he would still beat me, but I did pretty good. And then um, I decided to memorize all of the adult cards in the Bible trivia, every answer on every single card. And night after night, my mom just, I, I sat at the kitchen table some or the counter sometimes and just would memorize them. And then finally, when I had them all down, I asked my dad to play Bible trivia with me. And I said, let's use the adult cards. And um, he was studying biblical archaeology, and I beat him. <laughs> it was great. Um, took a lot of work, but I beat him. But in that time, too, I got a lot of the word in me. It was amazing. And then when I was studying psychology, I realized I was, I was working on my doctorate in clinical psychology, and I was spending about six hours a night on homework for that and so I realized I better put uh, equal amounts of the word of God in so I put audio Bible on or listen to teachings and just put six hours of, of good te solid teaching in for that whole first year there while I was studying that and near the end of that year um, I started hearing the Lord you know talk to me about being used in ministry and I had always like disqualified myself from being used in ministry and long story short basically he told me that um, he would use me in ministry and so I laid down um, studying psychology there's of course there's more to it but I'm skipping over a lot of it but I laid that down and went ahead into ministry and you know the Lord has been so faithful to me he really has and I have seen so many things um you know it does it bother me that people don't respect me sure it does but it's not because i feel like i need to be respected it's because i know how much i have studied the word of god and i mean i have two bible college degrees one from the international school of ministry and one from karis bible college and before I even got to Bible college, I spent an entire year studying all the evangelists. I've listened to, you know, several pastors and leaders, prominent leaders. I've listened to every single teaching that they had. Um, there was two in particular, Keith Moore and Andrew Womack. Theirs were free online and when I didn't have a lot of money. And I went through their entire teaching library. Now they have more and I haven't listened to everything, but... Um, I don't think people understand that I've had so much Bible training, so much time in the Word, so much time walking with the Holy Spirit, and then when I am having a conversation with them, like I'm having a conversation with you, I'm just a regular person, you know what I mean? Like I'm a 
I'm a girl who believes God. Um, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm just a regular person. And I talk to people on the regular person level because I don't exalt myself. You know what I mean? And then a lot of people don't uh, tend to take my word seriously when I say, you know, this is what the Bible says, this is what the Bible means, that kind of thing. They don't know where that comes from because um, I don't display my education on the walls. And I actually want to. I mean, I have diplomas that I, I would love to hang up on the walls. I think one of them is in my office, but um, I just, I'm really bad at decorating, so <laughs> I need some I'm really bad at decorating. Um, so I, they're just not up there. It's not that I don't want to tell people. I just literally don't think about it. And you definitely don't want to start any conversation with, Hi, I've studied the Bible for 12 years. How are you? Um, you know, that just shuts people down. I used to, when I was studying clinical psychology and, you know, flying back and forth for residencies and stuff, people would say, Oh, what are you studying? And I would say, Oh, clinical psychology, and you know what, that is like a, a huge conversation killer. They're just so done talking to me, they don't want to, they don't want to make eye contact, they think I can read their mind, it's kind of weird, and I used to think, wow, this sucks, you know, like, I, I'm an extrovert, I just want to have a real conversation with real people, and then um, when I moved into ministry instead of psychology, I thought to myself, oh, cool, now I'm not in psychology. I'll be a pastor, you know. I'm out there being a pastor. And when people ask me what I do, I'll tell them I'm a pastor. And um, it's worse. I'm not even joking. It's worse. People are like, now instead of people thinking I can psychoanalyze them, now they think I can see all of their sin or something. And their responses are just wow, it, they're just like, it shuts down a conversation super, super fast. And on the other hand, you know, I'm not even sure how I got on this subject, but I'll finish talking about it anyway. Sometimes when I'm out in public, on the other hand, if it doesn't shut down the conversation, you know, sometimes people will, uh, sometimes I'll meet an atheist or somebody who is really, really mad at God. And of course, uh, that makes me their immediate, the person that's mad at God, it makes me their immediate punching bag because I'm a pastor and I'm called of God, so I'm one of those people. And uh, one time, my one of my co-pastors in the beginning, uh, she and I, before we were pastoring, we were in Bible college together, and we had to do these treasure hunts, right? And we got this... Where treasure hunt is where you pray and you get some specific clues from the Holy Spirit. You go out and you find the person and you offer to pray for them for whatever it is or you give them a word, whatever God had, you know, revealed to you ahead of time. So we're out there. We find this woman. We know it's her. She's loading something into the back of her car. We come over to tell her, oh, we just wanted to tell you that God loves you because, you know, that's a really nice way to open a conversation with an absolute stranger, right? And <laughs> she seethingly looked at us and just, I hate you people. And we were like, wow. Because we were, we were still really green on this, uh, telling people that we're in the ministry or God loves them or anything. But, you know, I've encountered some of them too. Um, 
but it does shut down the conversation pretty quick when you tell someone you're a pastor. So, not the funnest thing to do, you know, when you're out in public and talking to people. You know, before I was remarried, um, that was the, the next question was, what do you do? Oh, where's your husband? Or sometimes that was the first one. Are you married? And um, it's just a funny question, but okay, I'll deal with all of that stuff later. Maybe on the next episode of Through the Eyes of a Pastor, we'll probably talk more about uh, what it's like to get ready for a Sunday service or maybe different kinds of people we've um, encountered. I'm really interested in to know, like, what do you want to know? Do you guys have any questions? Do you have any you know, that kind of thing. Like, what do you want to hear about what it's like to be a pastor? Do you want to know what I do all day in a typical day? Um, <laughs> you know, what do you want to know? That's that's actually a good one. A lot of people do think that uh, pastors just sit around and study all day or sleep all day and only come out on Sundays or live in the church or just weird things. I've heard a lot of weird things. Um, but no, we work really, really hard at least I do, and um, I can't speak for all the pastors out there, but I can certainly speak for myself. Um, I put in a lot of hours. It's actually 1240 right now, and I'm AM, and I'm uh, still working here trying to get this podcast done and out because it's supposed to be released today. Um, But we have a lot of emergencies. There's a lot of things that you get to know about people that nobody else knows about them. And I get to see the hand of God working in, you know, I'll just close with this. This is amazing. I get to see the hand of God working in many people all at the same time. And I, it's so beautiful, you guys. Like, that is one of the rewards of being a pastor that, I don't know if I talk about that enough, but I get to know people on a heart-to-heart level. I get to be in the trenches with them in their life. I have walked through some of the hardest days ever of people's lives. And, you know, when they lose a loved one or lose their freedom or whatever it is they've lost. You know, um, and I have to tell you, I still get to see the hand of God working in their lives and on them and it's just a beautiful thing to watch how faithful God is and how he loves them, how how he supports them, how he embraces them in those moments and even their, their extended family that doesn't go to our church, you know, or maybe their extended family isn't even Christian and just to see God embrace the family during a tragedy or during an emergency or even just to celebrate with people like these amazing things like the birth of a of a baby or a grandbaby or a wedding, you know. I mean, these are amazing things to celebrate with people and um, there's, there's nothing that can compare that honestly I mean in the people realm in in the in the vertical relationship with God there's nothing that can compare to that ever his presence is so amazing but then in the horizontal relationship of me with people 
um, I get to know things about people that nobody else in this world does and I get to see the hand of God move like in a way that I can't even tell anybody because they're private moments and I have a front row seat to the faithfulness of God and the love of God and the caring caring hand of God and the the heart of God towards his people and it's amazing so if you're called to ministry I want to tell you keep listening to these through the eyes of a pastor hopefully they'll be more encouraging than not um, but there have been a lot of mistakes along the way there's been a lot of rough road and I'm happy to talk about all of it but you know just send me an email at um, bold identity bold belief at cindycarpenter.org or um, you can send it also at ccarpenter at karischristianchurch.org either one is fine and just let me know you heard the podcast and what you think about it or if you have any questions or if you have anything else you'd like to hear particularly on uh, through the eyes of a pastor or if you you don't want suggestions for the other shows of what to teach or you know that kind of thing so um, I'm going to wrap up this episode now and uh, let you guys get back to what you're doing and don't forget to um, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app okay and uh, like comment and share if you're sharing it on Facebook I really really appreciate that tag people you know that need this message Every, every message out here, I believe, is anointed of the Lord. I pray about it. I, I look at it. I, you know, ask him about what should I share, what should I do. And uh, even though I'm talking to you like a regular person, I really believe that this is beneficial for you. It's definitely uh, fun. I'm excited about it. So um, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone listening. Lord, if they're called to be a pastor or a minister, that you would strengthen them in that, Lord, that their giftings would come alive in them right now, Lord, and that they would know where what they're called to. And Father, if they don't know what they're called to or they don't know that they're called, I pray that you will enlighten them and show them, Lord, open the eyes of their understanding and let them see that. And Father, I even pray for the people that might end up listening to this podcast later just to... Uh, question me or to you know be mean I guess I've had a lot of that so um, I pray for them too Lord and I pray that you will bless them in some way shape or form for having heard this podcast that even if it's rocky ground sometimes the seeds can still get in there Lord and I pray that and that you'll come and water it and I know that you'll give the increase and i Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, you have been a part of Bold Identity, Bold Belief. This is episode number four called Through the Eyes of a Pastor. I'm really looking forward to hearing your comments and getting your questions and answering them if I can. Um, Really looking forward to that. Be sure to check out our blogs at fromtheirstandpoint.com. That's from T-H-E-I-R standpoint.com. And let us know also what you think of them. We'd love it. And check out my brother's podcast at From My Standpoint. Um, he's on FromTheirStandpoint.com, but his podcast show is called From My Standpoint, which is kind of cool. 
So um, please check him out also. And if you're going to write to Josh, let him know. Say, hey, you know, your sister sent me over to your podcast and I love it. Or your sister sent me over to your podcast and I hate it either way. Right? Just so he knows. Okay, I will talk to you guys soon.